Praise God. This morning I was looking for my Bible. I couldn't find it. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's one I use to preach off because it's got big letters. So I can stand back about four foot and just read from it. So I've lost my Bible, I don't know where it is. <laughs> And, uh, you know, losing the Bible is like losing a knee, you know. You didn't get that one, did you? This week I'm going to lose one of my knees. So, it's like losing a leg, isn't it? If you haven't got your Bible, you know. Praise God. Father, we thank you. I just take authority this morning, Lord. I take authority in the name of Jesus over every spirit in this place. I take authority and I bind every spirit that is contrary to your will and your purpose this morning. And we believe, Lord, the word of the Lord will do what it's sent to do. I pray that people will be released this morning from that hole that we just heard through the prophetic word. Lord, captivate every thought we pray this morning while your word's being preached. Lord, I pray that people will go and see not just a man here standing ministry, but they will hear the word of the Lord because it's the word of the Lord that quickens. It's the word of the Lord that gives life, the breath of the Spirit upon your word. So Lord, I thank you that every demonic influence in this place is bound in the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is high above all principalities he's given, been given a name which is above all names that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord hallelujah and he is Lord this morning friends amen Lord of all the earth praise God I've just done something there which possibly, after thinking about it, illustrates what I'm going to talk about this morning. Because we all have a responsibility to be a priest unto God. And I want to speak this morning on the priesthood of all believers. And it ties in with, with what we've been, uh, ministry we've been having over the last few Sundays. And I want to look at the Levit Levitical priesthood just in a short space of time this morning. Just look at it and compare it to our function as priests unto God. And that involves the ladies as well, alright? So don't feel left out. You know, we believe in lady priests in this church. But in a different way. The Catholic, you know, the, the Church of England do. But we believe that, you, you know, you are lady, ladies this morning, you are priests unto God. Praise God. You might have a different function, function as, as your husband, because he's the head of the home. He's the head of the home. 
Hallelujah. And you know, that really, really rocks somebody, some of these ladies this morning. I can see them squirming. I can see them saying, Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. The man is the head of the home. And he doesn't need a neck, a neck to turn it either. Does he? No. That's a different subject. So the Levit- Levitical priesthood. Can you turn to uh, 1 Peter 2? Just, just put your finger there. 1 Peter 2, and we'll read some verses in a, in a short while from there. The Le- Levitical priesthood. Who are they? Who were they? Initially, God has selected the entire nation of Israel to be his priests. According to Exodus 19, and this is where we are going to read from, just a confusion, Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6, this is what it says. Now therefore, if you will hear, obey my voice, and indeed, and keep my commandments, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. Above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. I'm reading from the authorised version, as you can guess there, because... uh, this was my dad's Bible. And it's the first one really I could pick up. And I thought it would be a little bit of a chuckle to read the authorised version. Just to get up people's noses, you know, sort of like, to like the Good News Bible. The Mickey Mouse version. Don't get offended if you use Good News. It's all, right. it's all the same, but not as deep. Praise God. Exodus, I'm making lots of friends this morning, aren't I? It says there that they were to be a kingdom of priests. So, so it was God's intention that every person, every Israelite would be a, a priest unto God. And it was because of their inadequate commitment to that function when we heard, we read about in Exodus 32, about when, they, when Moses went up to the mount, the people who were left below started to play, play the fool, and they built this golden calf, and they started to worship this golden calf. And it was that moment they, they lost that privilege of becoming a kingdom of priests. And it was left to Moses, or to Aaron, sorry, and his four sons to be priests. And also the Levites were designated to do priestly offices, work, a priestly office. So the Levites were supported, were to support uh, Aaron 
and his sons in the work the work of upkeeping the tabernacle the work of reading the word the law, the Torah they were instrumental in setting the tabernacle up dismantling it maintaining it the Levites were given special robes to wear and the high priest was given a robe and also extras to, to wear as well can't go into all that they did this ministry unto the Lord there were people that were separated there were, the tribe was separated under God the Levites supported the ministry and we read that you know they administered the holy things they had to be sanctified they had to be set apart we read in Exodus where that actually happened in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy and we read friends that they were the priests were anointed with oil they received a wa washing first they were washed you know and, and we just tie this up with the New Testament where it says we are washed we are sanctified praise God I want to read that scripture that I said in 1 Peter chapter 2 I think it would be good to go there now so we're talking about a priesthood of all believers known as a royal priesthood 1 Peter 2 verse 5 first of all verse 5 this, this is what it says I think we'll, we'll read verse 4 to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious talking about Jesus the chief cornerstone but you also are lively stones or living stones are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ and if we can just jump to that verse 9 but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people you know that was what the word of God said in Exodus that they were a peculiar treasure a peculiar people that you should and this is this is it friends this is the teaching this morning that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his most marvelous light that's your purpose on earth that's my purpose on earth to show forth the praises of him who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light to show it forth to demonstrate to display that's what your life is all about Christian this morning believer that's what you're all about this morning and that's why we're here to bring glory to God to show people around us what good things God has done for us praise the Lord and we are called into the priesthood 
into the royal priesthood. It's a royal one. A kingly priesthood. You can't get any higher than this, friends. It's the royal priesthood of King Jesus. And he has called us as living stones. Praise God. Living stones. Praise God. I'm so glad the church is not bricks and mortar. Glory to God. Bless God for what he's done in Reket, building that church. But that's not the church. New Life Church. That's not the church in Low Grange. This is the church. You and me. We are the church of the living God. We are living stones. Lively stones. Stones that are to connect with each other. Because if you don't connect with each other, there won't be a building. There won't be a habitation of God in the Spirit. There can be, yes, individually, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Individually, you're a temple. I'm a temple. I, I am a place where God dwells. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you have that job or function to keep that temple clean. I have that job as well as you to keep it holy. To keep it unspotted from the world. To keep the function of praise in my life. You know, nobody else could do it for you. Right? Nobody else could do it for you. If you want a life of praise, a life of worship, a life that's you know, glorifying to God, to showing forth His praises, then you take that responsibility very, very seriously. Because it's an awesome responsibility. It's, a, it's such a privilege, friends. It's better than going before Queen Elizabeth to get an award, friends. It, it's more, I, I'm more proud to be the king, you know, a king under a king. I'm a king, and I'm a priest. Praise God. And that is my title. Don't like titles? Well, you've got one. You're a king, you're a priest under God. And you're going to have it for eternity. You're going to spend eternity as kings and priests unto God. Unto God. Praise God. And so, praise God. We are a spiritual house. And we had warfare, and, and these things have been touched upon various speakers about spiritual sacrifices, the sacrifice of praise, giving fruit, the fruit of our lips to God. We've done that. Uh, it also means that, that we are a church, a lively church. You know, it's a church without walls, friends. It's a church without walls. We are a church without walls. And uh, when we go out into the community, we're the church without walls. And people, when they look at us, ought to see that is the church. They ought to see the church is the living God. This gives us purpose, doesn't it? It gives us purpose for our existence. That we should show forth this, the praises of Him. Amen. In other words, be his witnesses to the mercy and the grace of God. We are his witnesses. And you can be a witness by verbally, verbally talking. 
witnessing, but you are a witness even when you don't use any verbal communication. You are still a witness. And that's the main area I want to look at this morning. Possibly a different angle from previous messages. And I'm not concentrating on the verbal aspect of being, uh, you know, a, a, a living sort of praising, sounding royal priesthood. That was a function of the Levites. They did go and sing and play before the army of God. They went before, and the, 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 the sound of God and the praises of God went before them as an army, praise God. They were like an army terrible with banners, the word of God says. The, the children of Israel, thousands and thousands marching. You know, when it talks about lifting banners up, what, what used to happen is that they used to have these long poles. And, and on the poles were, were different, different types of glass. Right? Bottles, broken bottles or glass. And they would be stuck on these poles. So when they lifted them up, the sun would shine through the pool, through, through the glass. And for someone who is maybe a mile or two away, when they see all this, you know, all this glass and all the, the brightness and the lights and the colours that would come of that, they would, they, would, they would get the fear of God in them and run, literally, be afraid of the army of Israel. Praise God. Anyway. But we do notice that it is a royal priesthood. We are put on this earth to praise him, friends. Romans 12.1 says, this is our reasonable service. It's a reasonable service. And, and Paul and Peter, they make this analogy of the Levitical priesthood and compare it with the church of Jesus Christ. One thing I would say about the Levitical priesthood is that it says that there would be no Levite with a blemish that could function in this ministry. I always get dry when I get a word. If you don't strike oil in the first ten minutes, it's to stop boring. I was told, anyway. Preachers understand that joke. Anyway, I want to say that, you know, the comparison and the blemish that we were talking about is, could be a disease or something like that. Uh, I tried to get the real meaning of the word blemish, but uh, they use it as like when they sacrifice sheep, and go, you know, one without blemish. And I suppose it would be one that isn't contaminated with a disease, leprosy or something like that. And, uh, we, you know, of course there wasn't the sort of, you know, the PC as we have today, you know, the, the right jargon, you know, we would be home quartered and, you know, put in prison if we said, well, you can't join the church because uh, you've got a blemish, you know. But this, this tribe, 
only those that were without blemish could be and function in that Levitical priesthood. And uh, it just shows us that, you know, God will use the things that are holy. He's chosen the foolish things, yeah. But he's chosen the foolish so that he can make them into something that is holy and beautiful. And so we can take that comparison with the blemish of the Levites and we can say that, you know, if we want to be true worshippers of God, we must live by truth because only truth Worshippers in spirit and truth can worship God. Those that worship Him in spirit and truth. And so, you know, there's got to be that sanctification process. It's got to be, friends, in our lives that we can't come. Especially when we come around the table of the Lord, friends, we, we can't come around that table in a flippant, and in, in a way that we disregard any understanding of what that really means. Right? What you're saying when you partake is that I am part of the holy, sanctified body of Jesus Christ. And my life, I'm living the best I can, yes, but I'm living in the light of God's Word when I partake of that. Because if you, do, if you partake of that, you're defiling the body of Christ. Right? You defy, I, I would be defiling the body of Christ if I didn't get my life in order and I partook right of the table of the Lord. You read the scriptures as they come and that's what it says, friends. Many are weak, many are sick. Many, many, friends, says they suffer because they do not discern the Lord's body. They do not look at it in the light of what it really is to be part of the body of Christ. And they bring sickness upon themselves. Well, that's a happy word, isn't it? This morning I want to look at that aspect of not so much what we say, how we worship, but how we live. How we live, friends. And to offer spiritual sacrifices. Just what are spiritual sacrifices that Paul was on about? And uh, there are various things, various places in the Word of God. Peter states that the saints, as members of the Holy Priesthood, offer spiritual sacrifices and which are acceptable to God. Various passages talk about this. Hebrews 13, 16. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased to do good and to share. That's one way of spiritual sacrifice. Sharing until the point where it hurts. Sharing. Sharing whatever it is, your food, sharing your finances, sharing whatever, and sometimes to the point where it really hurts, it really touches. A spiritual sacrifice. God's pleased with that. In, in Philippians 4.18, Indeed I have all and I abound, Paul says. I am full. 
and having received from Aphrodite's sorry, Aphrodite's where did that come from? Epaphroditus. I might be pronouncing it wrong. The things which were sent from you as a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So, through this guy, whatever his name is, Epaphroditus, uh, they sent Paul some, some food. They sent him some goodies. They sent him some, you know, something that was going to help them. This parcel, this, this, this gift. And Paul, Paul was really appreciated. He appreciated what they sent him. And he calls it, it was like a sweet smelling aroma. I don't think any Gucci was in there or any sort of you know, as what, what the fellas use, you know, Beckham or whatever. Old Spice, any, any old spices here? Or Boot? <laughs> but it was a sweet-smelling aroma. The act, the act of it, the act. Not, not the contents, the act. It was a, it was... It was a sweet-smelling aroma, acceptable from God, or pleasing to God. And Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. It's expected of us. It's an expected thing, friends when you come to know the Lord, that you are a person that displays actions that glorify God. That you live a life that's glorifying to God. That brings praise to Him. That's showing forth the praises. That's showing forth the praises. Spiritual sacrifices refer to doing good, sharing, and giving a gift to one in need. Spiritual sacrifices are said to be holy, acceptable, and pleasing to God. Paul uses different metaphors with regard to that sweet aroma of sacrifice. He speaks as a sweet uh, fragrance, friends. He speaks to the saints as a sweet fragrance. It's a fragrance that that we have, that we leave. A deposit that we, we leave when we leave a room. I suppose you can remember your mother or your grandmother's cooking. When you smell certain things, it's a kind of, it brings knowledge. It brings an awareness, doesn't it? If you smell certain things. The other Sunday I was walking down a street and I smelt 
Sunday dinners. The Sunday dinner. And I hadn't smelt that for quite a while. By the way, Carol says, thank you for the prayers. I forgot to say. Thank you for praying for her and the family. She really appreciates it. And she would have been here. But uh, we had Colin last night, and he's, he's not very well at all. And his mum and dad are, are busy putting a house in order. And uh, they wanted her to look after him. But he's, he's not well enough to come here. But she, she sends her thanks and appreciates that. And so, you know, sometimes you smell somebody's cooking, you know. And they, they you know, I was talking to John Arrowsmith the other day. And he was relating about his mother's cooking. You know, and, and there was something different. I don't know, but, you know, I'm not knocking Carol. I'm not knocking anybody, you know, but Alwyn or anybody like that. Whenever I go out for, for lunch, even even in the restaurant, you don't get that smell. That beautiful smell of Sunday lunch. It, only, only special occasions you can get it. And that, that uh, Sunday morning, I got it. And it, it brought memories back. Because you could go out the house when you were a little kid, on Sunday morning, and you could smell. I, I don't know if it was flora or uh, the, the, the stuff that suet puddings or whatever. I don't know what it was, but you could you could smell. But it was a pleasant smell. Made you hungry. That's what we want to do, friends. People will smell the fragrance of God. And they'll want to taste. They'll, they'll want to smell. They, they'll want to, you know, be amongst that smell. We all know that if we're, if we're amongst this horrible smell, you want to get out of the place. But there are different smells. I remember one, one day I was, I was doing door work at North Shields. So I was in my sort of late 20s. And I knocked on the door, and this guy came, and there was a horrific pong. You know, there was a horrific smell from that door. And you know what he said? He, he says, I'm a witch. Right? And that smell was because that guy was in the occult. I've never met a witch before. It's my first, first time. I didn't know they smelt like that. Well, they must do. But I, I felt that uh, sort of the word of the Lord come to me and say, that, that's, that's the smell of evil. That's evil. And friends, you know, we don't want to smell like that. We don't want anything to do with that kind of smell. And we want that aroma to be sweet, fragrance. And when we live out our lives, and when we seek to do good and, and try our best to live in the light of God's Word, that fragrance ought to come from us. And we, we ought to be always wanting to be in that atmosphere, in that environment where 
that the smell and the aroma of the Spirit of God is amongst us. We know, we know we can create atmospheres. If we go into a, a meeting or a, or, a, or a group of people and have a wrong spirit, we bring something to that place, that atmosphere. We do. If we go, if we come to church thinking, I'd rather not be here, that you are bringing something that's a wrong atmosphere, a wrong smell. And it, it combats with the goodness of God. And we, we don't want to do that, friends. We want to come in the right spirit. David said, renew in me a right spirit. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. And you know, friends, that's the worst thing that could ever happen to me and to you, is that the Holy Spirit would be taken from us. Of course, Christ's sacrifice is, is the ultimate aroma of God, the sacrifice that Jesus gave. Therefore, in Ephesians 5, 1-2, it says, Therefore, be followers of God as dear children. Walk in love, as Christ also has loved us, given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. The author I says, savor. It's an aroma. To walk in love. We're not asked to do a moonwalk. You know, there's different types of walks, but not the moonwalk, but to walk in love. The love walk. To walk in love. As Christ has loved us, friends. So Christ has given himself for the saints, for us, as an offering and a sweet-smelling aroma from that sacrifice. I suppose in the days of the Levite, you know, when they did the sacrifices, and when they killed thousands and thousands of animals, you know, it must have stunk. Wasn't it? it you know, can you imagine? You know, if you were a Levi, if you were a Levi, you'd, you'd have a, an apron on. You know, it would just it'd be like working down the abattoir, is it? Where they chop the meat up and everything. You know, that was, wasn't the pretty side of ministry, was it? And there isn't a pretty side of ministry, you know. There's some things that you would rather not do. There's some things God calls us to do, and it's not very easy to do. To humble yourself, you know, and, and to, even if it's to pick something up, some rubbish. Even to do something when no one else will, will do it in your place of work. You think, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like... I'm an executive. I don't do things like that. I'm too high. I'm too, you know, sort of, my position's too high to do that. Jesus became a servant. And the Levitical priesthood was a, a, a service unto God, first of all. 
And friends, our service is unto God. We serve God. Yeah, we serve God in the, in the body of Christ. And no matter what we call to do, I remember one day, I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I remember Colin Cummins goes to Redford Church. I've known him for about 20 odd years. And I went to the, the, the center that Colin used to go to before he became a Christian, before he came to church. And there was a group of lads there, and it was a kind of new job for me. And one of the lads' dogs came in and did a poo on the floor, right? I said to the lads, can you pick, pick it up, please? No. You know. And, and I was challenged there and then to pick it up. And that showed them. You know, I had no problem after that. They, they, they took to me. They, they, they worked with me. And it made an impact by doing something. Because I used a plastic bag. Can use my hand, I think. Health and safety. But I picked it up and because I felt God wanted me to do it. Maybe Steve Young didn't want to do that, but God wanted me to do that. And there's some things that God has, has led you over the years to do things. You might be scrubbing somebody's toilet out. You might be doing something really dirty. You know, you've got to get your hands dirty in this world to reach people. And it hurts sometimes. Who wants, who wants to go and witness in, an, in a total environment that is foreign to you? Nobody. But sometimes God calls you. Maybe he's calling you to go somewhere where you absolutely detest what goes on there. But there are people there you've got to drag out as brands from the burning. I'm not talking about dropping to their standards, no. I'm not about making a difference and going into a place where, as a Christian, you are horrified to go. And you don't like it. Because that's, that's not the nature of God. It's the nature of the, the, the devil, friends. So who knows what God might challenge you to do? Even today. He might challenge you to wash the pots up for your wife. Or hoover. Or do something that you would maybe not normally do. Because you, all the fellas in here, do, do all the housework. I know that. You do, Alex. Because you're superhuman. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But let's be a sweet-smelling aroma to finish. So we need to give ourselves to Him and to each other. And be aware that we are being called, friends, as priests of the God. Be aware that today, not tomorrow, today you are a priest unto God. There is 
there is a ministry that you need to fulfill in your own personal life to keep yourself pure, holy, unto God. Be clothed in His righteousness. righteousness. But there's work for you to do as well. God has things planned for you this week. And you and I need to walk in them. We need to fulfill them. So many times I think I miss a lot that God's got for me simply because I won't humble myself and I won't do what He wants me to do. Let's pray. Father, we pray that this word, Lord, this morning will be a word that will dwell in our hearts richly. I pray that this word, Lord, will be not of man, but it will be something of your spirit that will touch the spirits of your people. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord has touched the spirits of your people this morning so that we might leave this place. Lord Jesus, the awesome responsibility. Lord, it's heavy. It's a heavy thing. It's a heavy thing that we carry. What you have given us, commissioned us to do, Lord. Help me. Help my brothers and sisters here to do it, Lord, in that right attitude, in that right office of honour. We are honoured to be your servants, Lord. We are honoured this morning to be called a son of God, a daughter of God. We are honoured this morning. And we bow in your presence, O Holy Spirit. We bow in the presence of God this morning. Let's bow in the presence of God this morning, friends. And realize that the calling of God is so heavy that we are to give ourselves diligently to the service of the King and fulfill our role as kings and priests of the God. We are what we are by the grace of the Lord. And all that we ever shall be. Thank you, Lord, for equipping us. Thank you, Lord, for empowering us to show forth your praises. And let our praises, let our deeds be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. I think we have a song.